Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don presented by Give Us a Shot Network. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to the wonderful introduction voiceover by Nicole Thompson and the JT and the Don intro music that pumps us up every episode by our guy, Mike Regina. JT, let me welcome in everyone's favorite, almost forgot, let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? Man, you so ex- you so excited <laughs> about the hurricanes. Like, we can't even do the show. Like, I'm surprised you agreed to come on tonight. Like, I, I get want- it. I didn't want this to do like it. This is like a once in a lifetime situation. I, I I don't even want to talk about any of this other stuff, man. I just I just want to I just want to go watch this game and see us win a national championship. But other than that, I'm doing good. I mean, how can you not be happy this week, man? Like, whoever hey, thought we'd see the Canes playing in the final four? Even I'm happy, and I got to do this show with you. So we're both happy. <laughs> we're we're both happy, bro. If you and- if you. If you couldn't talk to me once a week, you go crazy, man. I don't even, I don't even, you'd be depressed. Like, I don't understand why you're acting like, oh, like, I don't like talking to my best friend. Stop it. Stop it, man. Like, nobody's believing you. It's the same for you, even though you, you like to, to, you know, knock me down, but, but it's all right. I mean, it's so easy because you're so short. I mean, you don't have far to See, See what I mean? See what I mean? Uh, that, yeah. That's a cheap shot. Did you want to give a quick shout out real quick? You already forgot. Uh, you're off script already. I did not. And you actually played right into it. I want to give a shout out to uh, one of our special fans, one of our younger fans, Kellen Fox. We appreciate you watching us tonight. Tell your dad we're going to do everything to make him upset tonight. And I want to give him props because I think he's already taller than you. I do think wow. he's already taller than you. <laughs> God bless him then. God bless God him. God bless him. <laughs> 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 but let's get into it, man. Uh, can't have a show start off without talking about March Madness. So Final Four is set this weekend. There are no Blue Blood teams in the tournament. In fact, the best seed remaining is number four, UConn. Now, with the number one seeds not being there and not advancing to Elite Eight for the first time in tournament history, is this the worst tournament ever, in your opinion? No, no, not at all. And it's hard. Like, how do you determine what's the worst? There's been so many. Like, how do you determine the worst one? Um, but the reason why I say it is not the worst one is because you've you've had upsets. Actually, a historical upset. Only the second 16 seed to ever beat a number one seed when FDU did it. UMBC was the first one, but FDU is now the second. So you've got that in this tournament. So right there, it's part of history. And when you start going down the line of great March Madnesses, great NCAA tournaments, it always starts with the Cinderella team, the upsets. So you already got FDU. And now you look at it, you've got FAU in the final four. What are they, a nine seed? They had never won, I believe, an NCAA tournament game ever. And in their first one, they're in the final four. Um, well, I don't know if it's their first one, but after their first victory, they're in the final four. So you now have that historical aspect of it. And what this has allowed us to do, not having the Blue Blood teams, is the Blue Blood teams always overshadow everything, right? Like Duke, Kentucky, all of that. They're always overshadowing because they're always the forefront of the media, the mainstream media during the tournament if they're still alive. But what this has allowed us to do is we've also had great individual performances now that people are talking about, right? We know about we know about Noel, right, of Kansas State set the record of most assists in a game and like most assists through three games. So and had arguably probably the best play 
in tournament history. If not, it's it's on the list, man. Like the fake arguing with the coach to hit the um, the alley oop. <laughs> Keontae, like, jo- to Keontae yeah, Johnson. That's crazy, man. That's 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 stuff you only see in the little giants, man. Like, come on, like he did that in a <laughs> tournament strong. game in crunch time. Yeah. So not only historical plays, but then historical performances. And there's other guys that we could name, right? I mean, Miami's in it for the first time. And just because the Blue Bloods are not in it does not mean that it's a bad one. In fact, it may be even better because now what that does is it allows everyone to enjoy it. And basketball is still basketball. Good basketball is still good basketball, JT. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it might seem like I'm biased or we're biased because our team is in the Final Four, but I don't give a damn. Like, this is what makes the tournament exciting. Like, this is its calling card. Like you said, nobody really cares when the Blue Bloods win because we expect that. Like, oh, Kentucky, you know, didn't win another title or Duke got another title. Like, we don't care. But when it's like George Mason, Florida Gulf Coast, you know, Creighton, like those guys are going far. Like, those are the tournaments or VCU. Like, those are the tournaments you remember like when those teams come out of nowhere and make this magical run. So if if anything, I'm on the flip side of this. This might be one of the most exciting tournaments because you legitimately feel that every team has had a shot and it's turned out that way. Like no team has been safe. Like even look at our last game. Like we were down basically 13 to 15 points, a majority of that game. And we just kept coming back, kept coming back. And at, once we took the lead, it seems like we were going to win it and then we couldn't lose. So Every game, I think, has been exciting, like whether it was a shocking loss or a close loss. So, yeah, I I agree. I think that this is definitely not the worst tournament ever. But speaking of all the top teams being out, specifically the number one seeds, why didn't these top seeds succeed? Like, why did they all fail this year? Well, I think I may have mentioned it to you last year or two years ago, JT. I mean, that you didn't pay attention. I don't remember because right, so let me like, refresh your. It memory. was probably something out of left field, and now you're now you're trying to cash in your chips. So go ahead and repeat it, like you normally do. So nah, let me nah, refresh nah, I'm, I'm your memory. Better at this than you. Let me refresh your memory and let everyone uh, in on on the secret of why the top seeds didn't succeed. It's because the non blue bloods, right? The non perennial powerhouses have had to build programs two ways in terms of by seniority, in terms of just having that veteran experience. And I told you at some point there's going to be teams in the mid majors that coming out of nowhere that are going to be able to compete with these big, big dogs because they have a whole lineup of juniors and seniors, a fifth year senior. And that's what we're seeing, right? You look at Miami, they've been around, right? You look at some of these other teams, they've been around the block. They've, and that not only gives you experience, but chemistry, right? And then the other thing is those teams have had to do unconventional things like the Hurricanes and go through the transfer portal. So now they're getting a guy like Norchad O'Meara, which has been such a big key. Without him, the Hurricanes don't even get this far. I mean, they're not even ACC regular season champs. So They've been able, those teams, like Kansas State, Keontae Johnson, the transfer from Florida, they've done a good job, just like pro teams go out in free agency and get those guys that no one signs to the big contract, but they're able to to find that mid-level contract guy, and all of a sudden that's a pro bowl or an all-star. That's what these teams have done, Kansas State, Miami, and I'm sure there's there's – Guys, on so you're, you're basically comparing them to like when the Marlins win the World Series. Like we go out and make all these like cheap moves well, get together. It's not cheap moves though. It's strategic moves to make your team Whatever better. You you're not just simply buying a title like the '97 Marlins did. But hey, I'm not arguing against the '97 Marlins. You won a title. That the object is to win a title and to do it properly. And as far as I know, no one's been cheating to do that. Um, in this NCAA tournament. So that's the two main reasons. The experience of the team for other teams are No, I, I agree with you on that. I'll take it a step further in saying that I think that that lack of experience and, you know, the talent being distributed and the guys staying at the non-blue blood schools longer, they get more experience, they get they get better at their game. Because the one thing that's been glaringly standing out 
in college basketball, especially in the tournament, is I'm amazed at how many guys can't consistently hit mid-range shots, and I'm amazed by how many people can't shoot free throws. So, like, if you got guys that have experience that can do that, anybody can win. And then when that problem is, you know, it's across the board, then that's an issue, and then everything becomes even. But the top teams, I think they were just doomed from the start. Like, teams like Purdue, they've done this three years where they lose to a lower-seeded team. Same thing with, like, Alabama. Like, they had major injuries to stars. Like, Miller wasn't healthy. Um, the guard from Houston wasn't healthy. So I just think it was a perfect storm of what you said, experience versus just opportunity. Teams weren't 100% healthy. And I just don't think there ha- there's been, like, any great consistent scores in this tournament. So when it's like that, it's basically a free-for-all. Whatever team gets hot that night has a chance to win. And that's what's happened with Miami, especially our last two games. We got – we got hot in the Houston game, and then we also got hot in this game. Shoot, the kid didn't miss a shot all game. Like, those those are the teams that are having the best chance to win the tournament because they can hit shots and the other teams can't. Now, I don't even know why we're going to do this because we already know our picks, but Final Four predictions in the title prediction. Who you got? Listen, got to go FAU versus Miami, and Miami wins. I mean, how how can we not at this point? We've gotten this far. Let's let's just bring home the thing at this point. Yeah, you already know, man. We want to all we want to all South Florida national championship. So yeah, Miami versus FAU. Miami's taking it all first championship, definitely. That's your only oh. Miami Hurricane gear. You no, have. it's not. Bro. It's no, the it's jersey not. from 1999. Hey, man, it's called vintage, man. Don't be mad because yeah. you can't. <laughs> it's called old because you bought that in 1999. Speaking of old, I know you threw this question in there. So, of Rick course. Pitino, your favorite coach in the whole world. St. John's <laughs> hired him to be the next head coach. So, you like the move by St. John's? I mean, Red Storm used to be good. So, what do you think? You know, I, I, I don't. Um, such a hater, man. Like, what is your problem? Well, I, I'll tell you what. At some point, right? I I know a lot of it is fluff, and they talk about, oh, you know, it's about the players and their education and doing the right thing and doing nobody, it the right nobody, way. Nobody even Listen, believes that. I I get that. I get all of that. But at some, there's got to be a line, JT. There's got to be a line. You look at every stop he has coached at, except Iona, for now, right? Every stop he's been. There's been some sort of issue. There's been some sort of NCAA violation. Let me tell you this. Did you know he was on the staff at the University of Hawaii for basketball? And for a short term, for a short time, he was like the interim coach. Do you think they had an NCAA infraction? Uh, Must be if you're bringing it up to make your point. Absolutely. And that's my point. You look at all of the stops, Kentucky, especially Louisville. Like you look at all of that and – at some point, it's got to fall on the adults. And he was the adult in the room. And now St. John's, there's adults there. And they just want to say, you know what? It's all about winning. Then that's fine. Come out and say it's all about winning. But don't come out and say that, you know, he's going to make this and that happen with the kids and the program. Like, no, he's in it to win. And really for himself to prove that he should have never have been let go by Louisville and how things played out there. This is personal for him. And no, nah, this is personal for you, man. Like, no, it's not. Like you, you've it's you've not. hated Patino for years, no. man. Like, this is really personal for you. I he's, have, no, he's your I have Lamar not. Jackson. Just, just admit it. My Lamar. You say he's my Lamar Jackson? Like how you say I'm personal about Lamar Jackson? You are personal about Rick Patino. You're like, it's, I never sent my kids to him. He should be in jail. Like he deserves no, no chances. No, it's not. It's not like that. All I'm saying is at some point, I wish the NCAA then would either say, you know what, we're going to pay these. We're going to pay the players what they've earned. And, you know, we're going to turn the lap. Just come out and admit it. Just come out and admit it. And and who are we to stop Rick Petito from from giving them their payday, man? Like, yeah, it's a good move, man, because he's still a good coach. And assuming he keeps his nose clean. The reward is worth the risk. So he looks like, you know, he's not going to be committing any violations anytime soon. Like, he's an excellent coach, man. Absolutely. Like, they could be in the tournament. JT, he's the only coach. He's the only coach to have a national title vacated in in basketball. Just saying. How many coaches could actually qualify to do that, man? Come on. Like, 
every you're you talking about a time how many coaches have won an NCAA title got, and have got, not had it doing things that everybody's done. So so we're gonna sit up here and act like coaches have never done but that. This before. is the hasn't done it. I'm glad you said that, but this is the difference. Never takes accountability. I mean, what kind like what, what is he teaching the kids? And listen, teach all them, I'm saying them the facts of life, man. All I'm saying is St. John's now is basically saying we want to get back to the Louis Carnesecca days and we'll do whatever it takes to get there. If Miami football hurricanes did that, and then you know they bring in a guy that all sort of violations everywhere he went. Would you feel that comfortable, though, as a Hurricane fan? How would you seriously feel? This isn't like bringing in Nick Saban. They haven't caught Nick Saban, JT. <laughs> they never catch you when you're on top, man. Like, oh, All right, whatever. Enough, enough about Rick Pitino. It's a good move, and he'll have them ready to play, and you'll be here complaining about that. But one more thing about March Madness before we move on. Um, NCAA committee got recommended that they should expand the field from 64 to 90 teams back in January. You think this is a good idea? I don't know if it's a good idea, but I'm not opposed to it as I once first thought. And I'll tell you why. At some point, they went from like 16 or 32 teams in the NCAA tournament to 64. And then they went 64 to 68 because expansion a little bit and then everyone thought oh man the bubble teams now everyone's getting in and that didn't happen if they go to 90 teams jt that's only 25 percent of division one basketball teams around only 25 percent. so you still got to be one of four teams to get in so it's still it's still better than it's still tougher than the nba playoffs which is 50 percent, than the hockey playoffs which is 50 percent than the NFL, which is somewhere between 25 and 50% at this point. So it's still difficult. You still got to be one of four teams to get in. For every four teams, only one gets in. So even if, and listen, that's more basketball. It's more excitement, more games for us to watch, more for people to bet on, more heroics, more Cinderella teams. And it extends out the end of college hoops until we got to get to college football. So that's great. It lessens that time span. Man, you just want more excuses to book more flights and waste more money on games. You'll do do anything to make sure the Canes make the tournament so they can play in some obscure city and you can you can say, like, hey, like, let's go watch them this weekend in Albuquerque. Like, I know what you're trying to do. You just want to watch them and Bobby Moe get in the tournament and just go watch all their games. I get it, but oh, they shouldn't expand it. One, because it's already madness right now, and then all this is going to do is just make the regular season even more irrelevant than it already is. Like, why don't we just say, like, all right, we'll just do preseason 90, we'll get in the tournament, and that's the whole season. Because the regular season won't matter. It already kind of doesn't matter. Everyone just goes to the tournament, and if you win that, you're in. But now you're adding more teams? Come on, man. Enough is enough. Did you watch regular season games this year of college basketball? I did. I watched some. Mm, Some. Mm. Yeah. Did you right. watch some since it's you throw good. me up? So she throw me out there. And I did. I, wa- I watched the Canes games, but listen, okay, that's not going to change how many games you watch or don't watch. So don't act like, oh, it dilutes the regular season, man. You're it not does watching because, anyway. because the team that we beat two or three times can still get in the tournament. You're not watching anyway. I'm watching. That's why I got my jerseys. Anyway, can we go on to baseball now? Can we actually talk baseball on this show for once? Go ahead, man. You are you are, you always say you always say we'll roll around the show. So show me what you got. Let's go. I, I know I say it, but we're not. We gotta get better at we that. We are, man. Are we? This is the first time we talk in baseball in months. That's not true. Uh, yeah, it is. All right. So Thursday, mark your calendar, JT, because I know you don't pay attention. Thursday, I'm the one, I'm the one that came up with this idea. So no, I gave you the date what? that's opening day. Come on. What? No, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Thursday, yeah. opening day of the MLB season. All right. Now, there's some changes, though, uh, which might make things a little interesting. First is the pitch clock. Let me explain it to you, JT. 30 second timer between the batters and a time limit between pitches. So pitchers are required to begin their motion within 15 seconds with the bases empty or 20 seconds with runners on. Then the hitter must be in the batter's box and ready for the pitch by the time the clock reaches eight seconds. So at some point here, 30 seconds, ball has to be thrown. 
automatic ball if pitcher violates the rule, automatic strike if the batter violates the rule. Are you in favor of the pitch clock? Simple question. Will this contribute to making the game shorter? It's supposed to. Then, yes, I'm all for it. All the rules that are being implemented or suggested that cut down the game time, I'm with it. We try them out, and if they fail, we get new variations that work. So I'm all for this. I like it. Yeah, I'm in favor of it, too. I mean, right now, I think the average spring training game is at two and a half hours. And on top of that, it's good for the game in terms of just keeping the flow going, right? Like, you don't need to step out of the bat. And I know it's a superstitious thing. It's a habit thing. But you really don't need to step out of the batter's box after every pitch. Fix your gloves. Fix your shoes. Hit the bat on your shoes. Like, uh, and, let's and go. also let's let's right? not act like, like it's not a ploy too. Like you know you want you want to you want to slow down the pitcher a little bit maybe sometimes by doing that, like you know stepping outside the box. Like it, I mean it's all cat and mouse, but I mean yeah, there's a lot of baseball traditions that don't make sense that we got to get rid of. Like shit, I wish they would get rid of you know we can't bat flip or celebrate home runs. Like baseball traditions are old, so they got to catch up with the times. Listen, and I know some of the traditionalists may not like that, but I think the main I don't thing give a is, damn what they say. I think the main thing is you got to keep the young people interested in the game. And listen, it's different as a youngster now than it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago and beyond. And we, we got to we have to be able to adjust to that in terms of if you're MLB. And I think this is a great move. Two and a half hours, you're in and out just like right? Just like hockey in basketball, in, out, arena, two and a half hours, beautiful. Game starts at seven. You're out by 930, home by 10. The kids can go to a weekday baseball game, basketball game, hockey game. Bro, you don't care anything school. about, you don't care anything about kids. You, you, this is for you. You want to go to a baseball game during the week so you can go home and get to sleep in time because you're old. Like I get it. Wow. Wow. Next. Well, how about that comment? Thank you, Jason Curtis. For watching again in outlaw batting gloves, what, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, I don't know if he got. I don't. I'm cool wearing gloves either way. I it wouldn't bother me. Yeah, I don't know about outlawing that. I mean, it is you know trying Should to I, keep... I outlaw NFL receivers wearing gloves before I would do the baseball <laughs> gloves because if you can't catch with those NFL gloves, then you just suck. I'm sorry. Wow. All right, so. Sticking with that pitch clock, do you see it impacting actual outcomes of the games this season or in the playoffs because yeah. of the ball strike scenario? Yeah, it's, it's going to happen only because it's a new rule and there's going to be some pressure situation, whether it's a tight game in the regular season or the playoffs where somebody's going to make a mishap. Coach is going to do something wrong at the wrong minute and forget something. And it's they're going to be exposed because of this new rule. But it's no different. Then when sports introduce new rules, like they're going to be learning curves. So, yeah, it's bound to happen this season. That's something that's going to affect one of those moments. Yeah, I think um, I don't agree with you. I think it's going to be no. because <laughs> you, you you did all that for for elite uh, elongated. No, uh, I think I don't agree with you. Just say no. Damn. I don't agree with you. I, was, I like that, saying that, that wasn't as that wasn't like a bike drop you thought it was. I like saying I don't agree with you better than just no. And the reason is, I think guys are going to come get used to it, and so it's not going to impact the actual outcome of the game. We'll see early on a strike, a ball called, but it's not going to impact the outcome of the game. And I think by the end of the regular season, and especially the playoffs, it won't be any impact because. Guys are already getting used to it. I think they said there was a spring training game where there was a mechanical malfunction and they couldn't get the pitching clock to work. And it still took like two and a half hours because guys are now already trained in and out of the batter's box, stay in there, pitchers are going. So I think they're already getting used to it. And we're not, we're, we just finished spring training. So I don't think it's going to impact the outcome of the game. Um, JT, as as you're saying, so you know, once again, you're wrong, but it's only right. for it to what? actually affect the outcome of games, like we're gonna see. But okay, no. what else? No. What else you got? So, one guy that definitely impacts the game, Shohei Otani. All right, he's playing on a one year, thirty million dollar deal. They avoided the arbitration. Um, you know, would set to be a free agent at the end of this year. 
Should the Angels sign him to a bigger contract than they did for Mike Trout, or should they trade Shohei while they can? Trade him. Trade him while you can because you already see how this works out. Like most times when you sign these baseball players to these big contracts, they very rarely, if not at all, live up to them. So that's the first thing. And you already see how it went with Trout. You signed him to a big deal, didn't work out. And also let the rest of the of the country see Otani, man. Like get him out of there and let him go somewhere where he can shine. And we want to see him play on a on a really good team. So personal reasons, I want to see him somewhere else. I would love to see him like on the Yankees somewhere where his star power can be matched by a star team. And then just no, like you've tried paying big money to stars before and it hasn't worked. Like who else is another one? So yeah, I would say just just count your losses and just try to get something for him as much as you can. So you want them to do what the Red Sox did with Babe Ruth. This guy's the modern day Babe Ruth, JT. Sorry to 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 tell you if you haven't noticed, but he is. So you want them, so it's gonna be the curse of Shohei. They already can't win a title. They haven't won one since 02. And now they'll definitely never win one because of the curse of Shohei. It's been so long. The curse of 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 Shohei. I mean, how are you gonna say just I, I, they were cursed before he got there? So this don't count like a Bay Ruth curse. It's just the curse of the Angels. They're just not a good franchise. If you're going to trade someone, you trade Mike Trout. He's 31. Shohei's 28. He can do it all. And then worst case. You can move him. You don't think the Yankees would want to sign him? The Dodgers would want to sign him? And if you're the Angels, this is the other thing. You're just thinking, like, these contracts don't work, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? He brings in more revenue than if you didn't have it because he has a a certain I, I agree. I agree with you about the revenue. I agree with you about the revenue part. With. I agree with you about the revenue part. If you want to play the whole Tim Tebow card, like, I'm not saying he's Tebow, no, but if oh, you want to play on. that, see, that's disrespectful. Like, I, no, no, I get, I get it. The, re- the revenue, the revenue that he brings in, because he's the, the most marketable player in the game on the planet. I get it. So if 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 your whole goal is money first, wins later, that's the only argument I'm making for you know locking this up long term. Like, of course he's a he's an amazing player, once in a generation type of guy. But it's like I want to see him go somewhere else. Like I want to see him go somewhere else. I just know how this is going to go with him and the Angels. Nothing will happen. That's not true because I do think players would be willing to play with him. It's still in L.A. He's making the most money any baseball player's ever made just because of all of his endorsements. So if you can attach to Shohei and his brand, if you're a teammate, you're set there as well. Like, bottom line, bottom I, line is this. I know you I know you want to give all this pie-in-the-sky analogies. If they, if they keep Shohei – are they winning the World Series in five years? Maybe. Who's to say no? If I do. You, I you're no. forgetting something. You're forgetting something. Yes, the big contracts can definitely hurt you, but they can help you when you've built a team around someone or you have good scouting that can fill the other pieces like the Padres, right? You the all of Padres a sudden have had- become very confident in the Angels front office. But JT, then why even have a team? Then, then just say I'm, we're I'm, only I'm gonna have myself. like thirty teams or whatever it is. Get rid of the Marlins, then get rid of the Pirates. Get oh no, rid we of got all championships, those teams man. That never win. See now you don't want to get rid of the Marlins. Get rid of us, man. Now you don't want to get rid of the Marlins. The Angels have it. Angels have one. Pirates have. Everyone has them except like Tampa and a couple other teams at this point. But you're saying basically then give up, then just don't do anything. So you trading him, what does that do? What does that do? Because then when those guys that you get for them, if they turn out to be good, right, you'll still mess it up because you'll either overpay them or you'll have to trade them because you don't want to pay them because you're the man. I hope you got an Otani jersey in your closet. If so, you you better rock. You better rock it every time we're on this show. So the Angels, Angels, if you're watching this show, I know you're Don. Don is saying do whatever it takes to keep them and and, and you'll win a a title in five years. Don't mess this up. You have the modern-day Babe Ruth. You can't get rid of him. And, JT, because you're on this, this shopping spree, go ahead and buy me an Otani authentic jersey and, and, and ship it to my house, please. Yeah, yeah, that'll happen. All right. So let's go to our favorite segment, as always, predictions. All right? So we're only like seven months away from the World Series, so what better time than to make predictions than now? Hey, this is when you can make the Vegas money, man. Come on. <laughs> That's true. AL MVP. 
Ooh, this was tough, man. There's only one name. What do you mean it's tough? Nah, I want. I want to just. I want to just go against the grain, man. Because <laughs> I'm going with the guy that he's oh like. God, are you? You haven't answered it yet. We I do because he's, he's classic. He's classic bridesmaid, never a bride. And the last two MVPs, he had no chance of getting because one was Aaron Judge and the other one, um, I think it was Otani. But it's Jose Ramirez, the third baseman for the Cleveland Guardians. I think he's he's due. He's had five top six MVP finishes in the last six years. Like, he is due to break through and get one of these MVPs. So I think it'll be him. Barring an injury, it's Otani. NL MVP. I really just, I feel like this is the only answer. It's Juan Soto. And it feels like a trap because everybody is saying this. But if it doesn't hit, then we all look stupid. Well, you'll look stupid because it's going to be his teammate, Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, tell that to his to any injury that he's probably going to have. He's he's going to miss games. You know he's, he's back. Not he's he's good. He's he's going to be good. Don't worry about it. AL Cy Young. I can't bet against this guy when he's fully healthy, so I'm going with uh, Degrom. Hmm, interesting. I'm going to go the Guardians pitcher Emmanuel Clase. As AL Cy Young. What about NL Cy Young? So everybody is everybody's talking about this team as they're the team that's going to win the World Series. So if they hit, it's going to be because of this guy. And it's the Braves and it's Spencer Strider. I just feel like if they make this massive run that everybody thinks they're going to make, it's going to start with him. And I know last time we saw him in the playoffs, he wasn't that great, but he was also injured. So he's fully healthy. And if the Braves are this this runaway train that everybody thinks they are, it's going to start with him. I'm going Zach Gallen. Um, part of that is I think I got that info from my nephew. So he knows way more baseball than both of us put together. Um, so yeah, remind me not to invite him to any fantasy bat, uh, baseball <laughs> leagues. That's, how we, that's why we can't start stuff because everybody knows too much. <laughs> so I'll go in Zach Gallen, pitcher of the Diamondbacks. So. Instead of doing like rookie of the year, because he actually gave me this idea too. Instead of rookie of the year, let's just do prospects. Because rookie of the year, it, it's not always really like the best rookie. It may just be it's whoever gets the most the most playing, playing time. time. Yeah. Exactly. I get so that. Let's, yeah, let's go prospect to watch in each league. Let's go AL first. Um, I'm only watching this because there's so much so much press and controversy around it. It's a uh, Masataka Yoshida for the Red Sox. They gave this dude five years, 90 billion out the gate. And I feel like everybody that's a baseball talking head hated it. They were like, oh, we could he could have been signed for half of that. So he's in Boston. The pressure's on. I want to see what he does. I'm gonna go Gunner Henderson. I think he's he's the only answer here. Third baseman of the Orioles, just raw power, strength, incredible, good eye discipline at the plate, too, which you don't always get with those, you know, the big, the big hitters, the corner hitters. Um, so Gunner Henderson, third baseman of the Orioles. What about NL prospect to watch? This was tough because I wanted to pick a guy on my own team, but I was looking at some numbers and, you know, who people, who people like, even guys that may have struggled last year. And I kept coming back to, uh, Graham Ashcraft for the Reds, the pitcher. Like I know his ERA was not good last year. Like I think he had like 4.89 and 105 innings pitch, but like I'm looking at the numbers like between the lines. Like I think he has the tools. Like that's a young team up and coming, and I think he's gonna get better. Like I was reading the numbers, and his strikeout and swinging strikeout percentage are below the league average because he's not really like the fastball thrower. He does like the cutters, sliders, and things like that. But his walk, ground ball, and exit velocity average are all better than the MLB average. So what that tells me is he's gonna he's not gonna walk a lot of guys. He's going to get a lot of ground balls. And if he ups his strikeout percentage, then that's just like the recipe for an all-star that comes out of nowhere. And he's young. So I like his talent. And I was reading what he's doing in spring and his strikeouts are already up like per inning. So that tells me that he's getting better at the strikeouts. So he's already fixing the weakness in his game because everything else is elite. Like, if you know, if you got guys that are hitting a lot of ground balls, then that's that's going to take a team really far. So I think that if he can get that strikeout rate up, on top of whatever, whatever, all the other things that he does well, I think that he's going to be a breakout star. 
Look at you talking like you know baseball and you actually did research. Good job. I do. I'm, Good job. Bro. Look, I've been to World Series. I, I, I'm wearing the Marlins stuff for a reason. I've been to a bunch of it, baseball games. I like baseball. I love baseball when it's a pitching duo. I know it's boring to watch, but I love going to the ballpark and watching two pitchers go out and nobody hitting. Like, I like baseball. Come oh, on. that's great. Those are the best games. You get out of there in two hours, 15 minutes. Exactly. Great defense, great pitching, throwing strikes. Listen, we know you got no Hurricanes gear when on this show, prior to the Final Four, you're wearing Marlins gear. I, I knew we were doing the MLB preview. I knew I wasn't going to be wear, able to talk about them. Wear, wear I brought one all my stuff. Kings, I brought all my stuff. It's Kings. right here. I brought all yeah, my stuff. Look, it's always the same jersey. You brought all your stuff. It literally is all your stuff. It's the one jersey. It's, the one jersey. it's, the, it's the one I picked. It's Damn, the, I'm it's trying to represent for got. all my teams. Damn, it's the only don't, don't thing shoot, you got. Shoot, it's the only thing you got of the Hurricanes. All right, get, all right, get on to the one that you we really wore a Hurricanes hat with the Marlins shirt or vice versa, but you don't have any Canes gear. Bro, right. I know how to dress. Listen, Let me do my thing. I, I'm going with the numbers and what the statistics have said about him. I'm going with and, – and I got this little information as well from my nephew because, listen, I'm trying to look smart for once in these predictions. So I'm going with the Dodgers pitcher, Ryan Pepio. He was 3-0 with a 3-4-7 ERA last year when he came up. And prior to that in AAA with Oklahoma City, he was 9-1 with a 2-5-6 ERA. I mean, that's showing us already he's MLB ready. Now he's got that full season coming up. I think is going to be the Dodgers pitcher. Uh, look, look out for him. All right, so this is where JT likes to think he's the smartest guy in the room. World Series matchup and the winner. Go. I got the Padres because I feel like that's that's on everybody's list. And I got them playing these guys. <laughs> I, I, I think these guys are going to get it done in that division. And if they can win that division, the sky is the limit. So I got the Padres versus the Blue Jays. Also, I would love to go to a playoff game in Toronto. That stadium is awesome. But I, I don't have the courage to pick them to win it all. So I'm going to go with the Padres. You know, that's who I had. I had both of those guys. Are you serious? I did, but I'll, I'll change mine because I was no, debating. No, no, keep it. No, no, keep no, it. It's fine. No, hey, no, no, hey, it's when, fine. hey, when one of us wins, we both win. He's like, no, nah, I don't want to attach myself to a loser because <laughs> if I get it, I want to have that accolade to myself. <laughs> so I'm going to change it because I was torn out of the NL. I'm going to go Phillies. I'm going Blue Jays, Phillies, rematch of the 93 World Series. I think the Blue Jays pull it off again. Maybe Vlad is the Joe Carter type homer this time. That's crazy that we both think the Blue Jays are going to at least get to the I show. think it's just because we like them as a team, man. They're fun. I do. I, I, I like the everything about the Blue they, Jays, man. Like, I think the, the other part, JT, is they have all of the the children of the guys we grew up watching. Children of the corn, team. man. Bichette, <laughs> Garrett, Vlad. Uh, yeah. Gigio, like we grew up watching their dads, and we're like, ah, this, this makes us feel young again. It makes and us they're feel and they're good kids, like they're all the talented. They're yeah. like you want to root for them. I, and yeah. I just, I just, I like that city. I like that franchise. Like everything about them is swagged out, man. From like their their colors yeah. to their ballpark. Like I, I just like I said, I, I want to see. I want to go to a playoff game in Toronto. So I'm I'm speaking it into existence. And of course, they got one of our favorite guys, Guillermo oh, Martinez. Our boy, yeah. like, come on, man. sure. Come on, we got to go. We we can never go against him. I want I want him to win so he can come on here and show us that World Series ring. I want to see that. Well, you didn't pick them winning. I've got them winning. Well, on you do. Vlad, so guess what? On a Vlad game, they win. You can come on and say how I didn't believe in them. And he can show us the ring, so you can take all the credit for it. I'll be the bad guy, so you can look good. Hey, that's that works. That sounds good. That that fits the script for me. Ah, so I guess it's forget about it for Gazy time. If you haven't watched the show before, shame on you. But I'll let you know of the segment. Forget about it for Gazy. We're gonna read a statement. If we agree with it, we'll say forget about it. And you should say it that way, GT. You got you got to start throwing in that Italian accent a little bit. Not don't overdo it now. Don't overdo the Italian accent. But you got You got to do that. I, or, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't got that Vic Damone character in me, man. <laughs> I'm just going to say it the way I say it. <laughs> you don't have the Chris Tucker? Nah. Um, or Fugazi, meaning bad take, it's a fake take. All right? So, you go ahead, read the first one. All right, let's go. First one. The WBC is better than the MLB playoffs and the World Series. Man, this is a tough one. 
I'm going to say Fugazi, but it's close. You know, you may say, oh, that's ridiculous. Playoffs, World Series are way better. I think maybe to us, JT, as Americans, it is because we have this rooting interest in our teams. But when you look at the players from the other countries and how much it really means to them and how much and I'm not saying they put any less effort in the playoffs or World Series. I'm not. But there's definitely a more there's more of a meaning to it for those players. And even I think even for American players, though, I think there is a certain meaning to it. But what I'm saying is just overall, you see the 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 fandom of it in some of these ballparks. And it's really the World Cup of baseball. And the World Cup still is the biggest soccer event, even though a lot of people are diehard club soccer fans, right? And But at the end of the day, I still got to believe the playoffs and World Series are still better because I think it occurs at a time where everyone's in their peak performance of the season and it's not at the beginning of like spring training. So I still think the baseball is better in the playoffs in the World Series. And let's face it, either or, the best players aren't always going to the playoffs or World Series, but they're not always going to the WBC either. You saw it with the USA. None of the pitchers win. So that's why I'm still going playoffs and World Series is better. Oh, man, okay. this is all the way for Gazy. And for all the reasons that you named. You're getting WBC, caught up in the moment. You're getting, no, no. WBC oh, is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're WBC right. is global. Sorry. And MLB playoffs. And up to a certain extent, the World Series is still a regional feel. And you don't you can't compare the two. We've been to a WBC game and I feel like we were at a soccer game. Like that tells you everything we need to know, because in that same ballpark, we also been to MLB game and the atmosphere was nowhere near the same. Neither was the attendance. And all, I'll finish off that's with because it's the Marlins. Though. It's, yeah, it's the fair. Marlins, but whatever. That's, but that's, just that's just Stadium telling you down there. That's what's that's what's Except when telling the Yankees you. come. And then you look at the final. 97% of the TVs and homes in Japan were watching that game. So that tells you the answer to the question is that WBC is more important. So two things. Can we the just question, go, make it quick? No, 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 you no, always no, no, do no. this. Did you mess it up? You The statement was, is better. Not it's not better. Important. It's not better. It's not better. Okay. All right. And I, exactly for what I said. Playoffs has a regional feel to it. If it's not guys I'm I'm rooting for or a team that I want to root for, I just watch it for the for the sport. WBC was WBC is better than, and you're saying Fugazi meaning fake meaning. Oh, forget about it. Yes, but then your reasoning. Then you go back to more important, more important and better is two separate things. Synonymous. Next one. What? I don't even know what that means at this point. The World Baseball Classic should be discontinued in the future due to injuries sustained the stars in this year's WBC. This is a JT statement. Go ahead. No, I'm torn on this one. Of course, I don't want to give an answer because I think it's such an American question because it's basically like the Olympics. Like, do you care if KD gets a gold medal or if he wins an NBA title? And I feel like, why can't he have both? Like, that's how I feel. So that's why I don't want to answer the question. But I, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to it because it's such You've a got to answer it. It's such a contract. Answer. Let, let them contract. play both. Uh, I mean, I want I want to see it, so let them play both. So so you're saying it's fugazi, meaning they should continue with it. Yeah, I think they should continue. This guy doesn't even know our own rules. Jeez. All right, it's Fugazi. Because I mean, I'm this... so excited about the game. I'm trying to get to the game, all right? You're, you're dragging well, this rushing out. this show I'm trying to get, get us. Fan, not gonna get I'm sorry. I love you guys, but I'm really trying to get to this game and get this stuff done. Hurry up. This it's, is not gonna get there. it's not going to get there any faster. Right? You're not going to get there any faster with that low man's pace. So yes. what's your answer? Yes or it, no? It's Fugazi. It, the WBC should continue because these injuries, believe it or not, can occur in spring training and they have they have and this isn't like football or basketball where like these injuries are are every game right like let's face it baseball injuries don't occur as much yeah. they don't so what happened to Altuve a little bit of a freak injury 
and you know hamstrings tightening up that could happen in a spring training game but things happen so, like like the guy tore his ACL in spring training for the Phillies so like exactly Reese, Reese Hoskins so I mean and he wasn't in the WBC so yeah, yeah that's why it's for Gazy. all right cool next one if Joel Embiid wins MVP it will be because of Kendrick Perkins comments so for those of you who forgot Kendrick Perkins basically said that white voters are the reason that Nikola Jokic is continuing to win MVPs and also garner most of the MVP votes. So is this forget about it or for Gazy? It's for Gazy because, well, a couple things. I don't think he's going to win the MVP. If he does, I don't think it's because of Kendrick Perkins' comments. I think it's because the, the writers either don't want to give three to joke Jokic, regardless of, of who he is or Embiid has earned it. So I, I think Kendrick Perkins comments have not, that, that would really be like diminishing what Joel Embiid has done this year. So that that's for Gazy. Yeah. You know, I hate nothing more to diminish what Embiid does, but I got to say, forget about it because I can't dismiss the fact that the voters have been called out and they might have a subconscious pressure to not give Jokic his third straight MVP, especially when he hasn't won a title. And also, you know, they have been ignoring the quote unquote voter fatigue for the first two years. And I feel like he was really leading the MVP vote until these comments came out. So um, I can't help but wonder if there is pressure subconsciously on these voters minds. Also, the NBA, I wouldn't be shocked if they're looking at it like this. Hey, look, it's a really tight race. Let's give Joel Embiid this MVP even if he deserves it, so that we can fix this before it gets louder in on in upcoming seasons. Because if Jokic wins this third one, you don't think this comment is going to get louder and this narrative is going to get louder? That like, oh, like Jokic is only winning it because he's white and the white voters are voting for him. So if it's close, given to Embiid, I don't want to diminish what he's done, but I don't think they want the PR war that's gonna it's gonna get louder if Jokic gets his third straight. But the problem with that, JT, is you set a bad precedent. So basically any media member at any point or former player or current player can call out based on MVP, I agree. based it, on it's, this. It's, it's a catch-22 because they yeah. really both deserve this award. Could there be co-MVPs? I mean, there's co-rookie of the year. I feel like I feel like they give if they give anything but an outright MVP to Joel Embiid, it's still going to be static about it. What they really I should just, do is wait till the wait till the playoffs are done to give out the MVP. And then you could really say, like, all right, this person deserved it more. But they can't do that. Next one. One and done has destroyed ACC basketball. Nah. Lack of fundamentals has destroyed ACC basketball, <laughs> along with all other college basketball. Like I said it before, I've never seen so much basketball where guys can't hit free throws and can't make mid-range jumpers. Like, and even the three-pointers are kind of like, mm, they questionable too. So I just think the lack of overall, like, fundamental talent is what's, what's making it seem like the ACC is down. But it's across the board. Because you see it at the NBA level too. Like, guys don't do mid-range. Like, people struggle with free throws that, like, at positions historically, they wouldn't struggle with it. So I think it's just lack of fundamentals, man. Just look at the young guys in the NBA. Look at the Houston Rockets. Like, they do everything that the guys in the NCAA tournament do. And there's your problem. It's for Gazy. It's not the one and done's fault. I mean, look at UNC. They, they didn't have many one and done's this year, right? Like they had all those guys coming back. RJ Davis, Caleb Williams, Baycott. Uh, like they had all those guys come but back. Let's throw so, UNC out there because their struggles had nothing to do with on the court stuff. Uh, they just this conspiracy off the stuff. Court. That's fine. But either way, I mean, my look at Miami. Miami doesn't have one and done. What what has destroyed ACC basketball is some of the blue bloods are not willing, right? Is not willing to change and adapt to the new landscape. Bayheim has said it. He's not a big guy on NIL stuff. Transfers, this and that. I mean. At some point, you got to adjust, adapt, or things go south. And that's what that's what's happening with certain programs in the ACC. And they'll make adjustments, but we're not blaming one and done. And I want you to put back up Jason Curtis's comment because 
I think I had texted you or I had texted someone about this same thing in that if North Carolina was in the tournament, my comment was in regards to the ACC calling a basketball meeting to be able to set a narrative to give to the NCAA in future years so they get more teams in the in the NCAA tournament. My argument is, and I agree with Jason, is that if UNC was in this tournament or Duke was in the Final Four instead of Miami, the ACC wouldn't have called this meeting. Everyone would say it's fine. It's strong. It's better than the Big Ten. It's better than the SEC because none of them are in it. But when you look at it, Miami's in it from the ACC, and no one's saying that the ACC basketball conference is strong this year. But if it was Duke or North Carolina – in, the in Miami four, spot, everything would be fine. Everything would be fine. Yeah, All is right you. with the world. I got you. Next one. Cam Newton's personality is too intimidating to be a backup quarterback. So this comes off the back of uh, Ryan Leaf's comments he made on the show recently, basically saying the reason why teams and if he was making a decision to sign a backup quarterback, he would not sign Cam Newton because he would be worried that his presence is too big or a quarterback or a backup quarterback to focus on doing their job and they would be intimidated. So is this forget about it or for Gazy? I think it's for Gazy because I, I think overall from everything that we read, right? We're not in the locker rooms, but Cam seems to be a good teammate, right? He's a guy that's competitive, wants to win. He'll make the quarterback room better. I think it's about setting expectations. If if you say it's an open competition and you sign Cam. Of course, it's intimidating. This guy is a Heisman winner, national champ, MVP of the NFL, uh, you know, made the Super Bowl. So Pro Bowler, one of the top college football players yeah, of all time. Of all time. Like, like yeah, if, we could go on and on. Like, it's Cam Newton. He's he's yeah. he's a modern day NFL rock star. If so, if we're talking, it's an open competition, of course it'd be intimidating to have this guy on the roster, at least initially as a backup. Now, if it's, you know, he's being signed by the Jets to back up Aaron Rodgers, no. I mean, that's not intimidating. So I think it's on the situation, but to just say blanket, oh, it's too intimidating to have Cam as a backup, come on, that, that that's, not, that's not true because I think Cam still wants to be in the league and he'd still be willing to do what it takes to be a good teammate. For Gazy. And if Cam Newton at 33 is too intimidating for your quarterback, <laughs> then he's soft. He's soft. He's sorry. And that tells you everything you need to know about your investment. You messed it up. Hell, like, that could be anybody. If a young guy or a young guy comes in, the whole thing of NFL and sports is there's going to be competition. And I hate that they only make competition for everything but the quarterback position. We got to coddle his mentality. I want to see him be tough. Can, can he – Hold his own and personality wise, hold his own in the room if Cam Newton is in there. Because I know Cam's going to work. I want to know if the guy that I'm paying to be my starter is going to do the same. So it's for Gazy. Luka Doncic's unhappiness means his time in Dallas is coming to an end. Forget about it. Because I, I said this would happen when. Uh, here they, we go. I said right, this would happen when they made this deal for Kyrie. If it doesn't work out, it's going to be the end of Luka in Dallas. And that was the risk, and that's why I was like, they should have not done the deal. And this is exactly what's happening. Now, the thing that's crazy is I think he's actually more upset with Jason Kidd than Kyrie, which I never would have saw that coming. But all in all, tied together, the major point, I think, is he's feeling the pressure to win, and it's not getting any easier. Like I said before in another show, this is James Harden 2.0. And he's already cracking before we start applying the real pressure to him to perform. So I think he, I think it's not working out. He doesn't know how to handle the pressure, and he wants out. Nah, it's Fugazi. You want to act like you're right there, but it, but it's not. It, it's not because it's not coming to an end. Because as I said when they made the trade, <laughs> you like, don't make the trade. <laughs> Listen, if you're playing, he said, he said, I'm what I'm telling you is you're wrong because if you're making a trade, you have Doncic and you're making a trade for a guy like Kyrie, you better believe Dallas checked with Doncic. And Doncic obviously was okay with it if they made the trade. So he can't be upset about that. And two, if they don't make the trade, the narrative is 
they're not getting enough help for Doncic, and that's why he's leaving. So what, or what is it? His style of what play is, is just what does is it? it translate to winning? Like I said, okay, James so Harden what? 2.0. James, Next has, one. No, that has nothing the Ravens, to do with the statement. The Ravens. That has nothing to do. Let me finish. Don't does. be disrespectful because you're wrong. The statement is he's unhappy and his time is coming to an end. That has nothing to do with him being James Harden 2.0. It does because he's unhappy because things aren't successful. The reason things aren't successful is so, because so he's, he gets he's, he's injured LA. and his style of play doesn't lead to championships. To the next one. But he's not going to blame himself. You're hard-headed about it. You can't admit nope. when you're wrong. Go ahead. Next one. Go the ahead. Ravens are sabotaging Lamar Jackson's trade efforts. Ooh. I know not to answer this question because you'll just – Dismiss anything I say so, as me being too emotional. So this based, is all for I don't you. Think, I don't think you should answer any questions anymore based on your last response to that one. You're wrong and you can't admit it. You can't admit it and you don't listen the to king, the phrase. The king of not admitting he's wrong is saying I can't admit when I'm, I'm wrong. wrong. You will I literally make a soliloquy just to say I'm right. Like You'll you go on this long tangent just to say I'm right. I would admit Lamar, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens are sabotaging his trade efforts. Forget about it for Gazy. So Fugazi. I can be done with it. Fugazi. They're, they're playing the business at this point. He asked for a trade. They couldn't get one done. And how are they sabotaging it? If he leaves, they get two first-round picks. Obviously, no one's giving them more than two first-round picks or two first-round picks in some good pieces because if they were, they would have made the deal. If not, they're going to get two first-round picks. At this point, there's no way they're sabotaging a trade effort because they're going to either match the offer and sign him for less than what he wanted originally, unless someone ponies up for it. If that's the case, they let him walk and they get two first round picks. So how are they sabotaging it? That's that's Fugazi. That's JT trying to create drama because he loves Lamar. You always talk too much. It's Fugazi because... The Ravens got to do what they got to do to protect themselves and do what's in the best interest of the Ravens. It's like, look, we got an asset that's a commodity. He clearly doesn't want to be here. He requested a trade. So guess what? We got to prepare ourselves to get the best return if he leaves us via trade. So, no, they're just playing by the rules. Fugazi. Hmm. You finally, you finally see some of the business. Oh, you, no. You, you saw what it was. You, 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 saw that, you saw that question on the dock. It was like, oh, I'm going to get all over him for being emotional. You and say emotional. he's wrong. That's I great. know what Good I'm job. talking about. Hey, you're you're growing. You're growing as a co-host. Great job. Great job. I'm just getting tired of hearing you just be wrong about everything. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let me, let me, let me give you this. We're going to do one quick trivia time. All right. So feel free to to uh, comment in if you know the answer. Connor McDavid last night, JT. So we're talking hockey. Hockey. 140 points. He hit the 140-point mark, all right, last night. That's the first time since 95-96 season that someone in the NHL has hit the 140 mark. Who was the last guy to do it? I'll give you a hint. It was two guys in that 95-96 season. I feel like one of them got to be a be a penguin. <laughs> you sound happy to talk about this. So ninety five, um, thinking maybe one of the Red Wings players. <laughs> trying to remember who would do that. I mean, listen, you got two guys did it. You got a shot here. Hmm. Don't take too long. No one's commenting in. They don't know it either. Oh, we we got one here. I'll post it while you think. Let, let me do the heavy lifting here. Let me do the heavy lifting. Ah, Jason helped you out. It's Lemieux and Yager. I was going to say Lemieux, but I was trying to think of the other guy. But Wow, you don't even know Yager. Oh, my gosh. No, I know who Yager is, but I was like, "Mm, who would – I'm thinking – I was thinking somewhere else. I was thinking a different team. I mean, that's incredible. I know, that's crazy. That that it's been, what, 27 years? Since that's happened, yeah, like, I mean, you were forty that, the last time this happened. That's crazy. That's cr- I, that is crazy. Listen, man, if I was if I was sixty seven, I'd be looking good sixty seven. I'll tell you that. But that's crazy to think that, and it was on the same team. Like I know that's insane. I, we we don't need to go down this road, but I do got to say, as a Penguin fan, I think Mario Lemieux may be the most underrated athlete player of all time. I mean, For sure. Never how gets, long did he play? <laughs> But he missed a lot of time due to back injuries. He had um, um, Hodgkin's disease. So, like, 
you know, he missed a lot of time there. Then he retired and came back for a couple seasons. So he missed a good portion of his prime. And the fact that he still caught Pat LaFontaine that year in points was ridiculous Crazy. after like coming back from cancer and missing like half the year is one of the great sports feats of all time that people probably don't even know. But anyway, JT, do you want to throw up the, uh, you didn't throw up the, uh, the banner there for the, uh, the coffee. I'll, I'll let you do it. There we go. Fastbreakcoffee.com promo code, get my fix. Good job, JT. So to everyone, thank you for listening. That is the show tonight. Got you ready for major league baseball opening day on Thursday. And in the final four go Canes, JT and I will be there. We won't do a live show from there, um, but we'll report back next week for you. Hopefully with the as Canes. champions, hopefully as a king, <laughs> as champions, one way or another, we're going to be champs because that's that's what we do. But to everyone out there, thank you for listening as always. And remember, JT and the Don All Sports podcast presented by Give Us a Shot Network. You can find us on all of the major platforms. Remember to please subscribe to us. And if you like what we do, leave us a five star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do. Leave us a five-star review. Also, please follow us on social media. Our handle right there, JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, I will see you live and in person in Houston. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.